podcast is brought to you by Green Min, all natural mineral rich superfood. If you have never heard of Green Min, I consider it to be the most important essential supplement for dogs and people. It is a great source of plant-based minerals, which are much more bioavailable and effective than supplements made from chemicals or ground up rock. Minerals cannot be made in our body and have to come in the form of food. Unfortunately, intensive agriculture and food transportation have interrupted the natural nutrient cycle and soils and food are becoming increasingly depleted. Mineral deficiencies are one of the primary causes of disease. Let me give you another explanation. Most people understand that plants in the garden would not grow if some of the minerals were depleted or missing. For example, if phosphorus is deficient, strawberries and tomatoes would not blossom and fruit. Ironically, healthcare has not fully addressed the fact that food deficiencies are greatly predisposing factor when it comes to cell and organ dysfunction and disease. Malnourished and depleted plants in the garden are relatively easy to spot, but a mineral deficient body is harder to detect until it's too late. The key to supplementing minerals is to provide them in the most digestible and bioavailable form. This is why I chose Alga Calcaria for Greenman. The certified organic algae originates from Brazil and has evolved to absorb minerals from the ocean water and deposit them in the roots to anchor itself on the ocean floor. Alga Calcaria was first discovered by Brazilian farmers who fed it to horses, cows and other farm animals and witnessed an amazing transformation. The animals were stronger, grew better and rarely fell ill, which makes sense because there are 37,000 billion billion chemical reactions taking place in the body every second and they cannot proceed smoothly without necessary minerals. Since then, Alga Calcaria has been used in treatment of osteoporosis in people and I made it part of Greenman in 2012, the essential plant-based mineral and amino acid supplement for dogs and people in 2021. If you would like to learn and read more what other people say, it is simple. All you need to do is to go to greenmin.com or for human supplement, greenmin.com. HPLUS.com Hello, my dog lovers and other folks. Uh, you're listening to Not Just About Dogs. Today, I'd like to talk about the topic of pharmaceutical drugs. And uh, while I am not opposed to their use in some cases, my goal is to help you understand the effect of drugs and why we should choose to avoid them whenever possible. When I was a kid, every summer holidays, my brother, two sisters and I spent a month with my grandparents. My grandma was an amazing cook and her baking was absolutely fantastic. Whenever my mother, her daughter arrived, my grandma and her would pick her how to wash dishes. For some reason, my grandma always ended up with really dirty water. And my mother argued that she can't really clean dishes in dirty water. So these arguments went for years and uh, I still feel like I've been affected by this. <laughs> Whenever I see dirty sink water, <laughs> I try to drain it or clean it. And I don't really like people washing their dishes in dirty water. But why am I talking about this 
right now? Well, the reason is when we are trying to cure disease, heal a patient, treat a patient, we ideally should make the body better, healthier, and cleaner. And unfortunately, drugs are chemicals that affect the body. And while they may have some effect that is positive, they also have negative side effects. And they also are toxic to the body. They're foreign. They're basically similar to the dirty water when we try to clean or heal the body, when we try to bring it back to balance. In order to understand the effect of drugs, we have to talk a little bit about the healing process and recreating health. Disease is a state where the balance of the body is lost. Nature has installed a healing program directly into our bodies and our dog's bodies. When there's a cut, for example, the skin has the ability to heal unless the wound is too large. The same automatic health restoring process takes place in most of the organs and cells, except when the disease is beyond the body's repair. Pain, discomfort, and inflammation are often seen as negative, but they're the signals of the body to rest. They are the way of nature healing. The purpose of inflammation is to increase blood circulation, for example, to flush the tissues, eliminate toxins, and bring white blood cells, the bodyguards of the body, to the area to remove disease tissue and invaders such parasites, bacteria, or viruses. All these elements of the healing process must function properly in order to achieve the goal of full recovery and restoring health. And when it comes to drugs, not all of them are equal and their effect is not equal. My goal today is to help you understand what the different groups of drugs are and how to recognize them and how to decide whether they're good for your dog or not. Now, the first group of drugs are or is made to replace natural occurring substances such as thyroid hormone in case of hypothyroidism or insulin in case of diabetes or mineral corticoids um, of the adrenal cortex uh, in case of Addison's disease. Now you can see that this group of medications or drugs um, replaces hormones that are essential to life and they may, uh, may be either low or may be missing. This group has usually a very positive impact on the patient and can be life-saving Obviously, our goal should always be try to restore the natural, the body's own hormone production, but sometimes it may not be possible and it's better to provide the hormone than letting the body suffer and the patient suffer uh, without um, sufficient levels of the particular substance. The second group of drugs is the one that eliminates parasites, bacteria, or viruses. In other words, to get rid of pathogens and disease-causing agents. They usually bring greater risk because of their toxicity and the possibility of resistance. So the first group, the hormone replacement therapy, may not be as high in risks and side effects. But the second group, the group that eliminates parasites, bacteria, or viruses, is more likely to cause side effects. Just remember the story of my grandmother's dishwater. Antiparasitic, antifungal, and antibiotic drugs can be compared to adding dirt or toxins to the body. Obviously, they have a positive effect. At the same time, they also cause side effects and the body has to eliminate the toxins that they bring in the body. The body's natural tendency is to eliminate toxins and sometimes even react in a more violent way. So it is not unusual for some people to have allergic reactions to these substances. These drugs may also tax the liver, 
kidneys and the digestive tract because they do destroy the healthy bacterial flora. These drugs can be also life-saving, and I'm not necessarily saying that we should never use them, but we have to be careful when to use them and use them as little as possible. And this is in contrary to what we see, what we see in medical practices around the world, where the first thing that people do, the, uh, my colleagues and, and human uh, doctors do, is to prescribe antibiotics. And um, I've seen that practice being way overused and not necessary in many cases. There are some examples that I could give you, overuse of antibiotics when it comes to skin and wound care. Most of the time, um, it is definitely not necessary. Despite that, doctors often prescribe antibiotics for wounds and incisions. Overuse of heartworm medication is another example. The life cycle of the heartworm larva is such that the small microfilaria, the small tiny larva, does not mature until about the age of five or six months. And therefore, it would be much easier and safer to give the heartworm medication once every three or four months. However, practices to give this medication on a monthly basis, and I suspect that this is mainly due to commercial interests and increasing sales. Another example would be chemical flea control. Unfortunately, almost every chemical flea control has caused fatalities. And if you go on the USDA website and Environmental Protection Agency website, you will see that flea products are actually not as benign as some people would believe. And I personally do not like them. What I use and recommend instead of conventional flea control is flea hexa, which is a natural helper formula that I formulated together with my friend and it has been effective and very safe. Now, let's go to the third group of drugs uh, that alters or blocks the body's function. The most commonly used drugs from this group are corticosteroids, and they're often used for skin disease, allergies, immune disorders, and they're designed to suppress the body's immune function. To better understand their effect, imagine that the skin conditions or immune disease are compared to fire. The body is on fire, the body is in a state where it's saying, hey, something is seriously wrong. And if a house is on fire, the last thing that we want to do is to take a sleeping pill. Unfortunately, in medicine, we do exactly that. Steroids are the sleeping pill that puts your dog's immune system or your own immune system to sleep. And the consequences of these drugs are very serious. Um, sometimes even after a few days of administration, I see months and year-long side effects uh, where the body loses the ability to respond normally to healing and disease process. This is really frustrating because as soon as I see a patient that has history of steroids in the file, I usually tell my clients, my new clients, that uh, the treatment will be much more difficult. This is really frustrating because these conditions could be usually easily cured if holistic methods were used. The last group of conventional drugs is the most controversial. Chemotherapy drugs are designed to destroy and eliminate cancer cells, but they don't leave the rest of the body untouched. Uh, while there are some attempts to limit the drug effect to the affected area, usually healthy cells in the body are also affected. My view of these drugs may be slightly different than uh, what other people think. If there is a record of complete remission and cure when they're being used, such therapy may be valid, but 
I do not usually recommend them as the first line of defense for terminal cancers because I know that I would decrease the quality of life of the particular dog. In humans, it's slightly different. Obviously, people have the ability to decide for themselves. But when it comes to dogs, I usually do not recommend chemotherapy. Cancer treatment is always really complicated. And I have a lot of people connecting with me for the first time when their dog has been diagnosed with cancer. From my perspective, cancer is a terminal stage of a process that happens that starts much, much earlier, many years before. And that's why I put so much emphasis on prevention or healthy diet and detox and providing the right nutrients so the body can function optimally. The purpose of this podcast is to help you better understand the different groups of drugs and how they're used in medicine and what their effect is on the body. Except for the first group, adding drugs to the treatment plan is never optimal because uh, you can often, most of the time, achieve cure without them. I've seen this in my practice. When I started practicing, I used only conventional drugs. And as time progressed, I gradually reduced the use of drugs down to about 10% of the original amount. And I had better results than with drugs. Unfortunately, natural treatments cannot be licensed. And that's why drug companies and pharmaceutical industry is not interested in developing these treatments. They're only interested in developing treatments that are licensable and they have full control over. As I said before, adding drugs to any treatment protocol should be always taken very seriously because uh, by doing so, we are introducing another foreign or toxic substance in the body and the body needs to heal and also deal with elimination of the drug. I'm not necessarily saying that uh, conventional drugs should never be used. What I'm saying is that they should be serving as the last resort because uh, natural treatment without drugs is always better if it works. In the effort of being good stewards of this planet, we also have to consider the effect of drugs on natural life. We know that, for example, birth control or other medication can get into the water systems and the environment and affect, for example, the reproduction cycle of other animals and life. Now, when you know the four groups of uh, medication and what effect they have on the body, your goal should always be to reduce their use whenever possible. I have been able to do that with my patients in my own life. And personally, I think that it's much healthier and safer. And now on to how to survive and thrive in 2021. It has become very clear that despite the hopes and aspirations for 2021, uh, the world continues to go bonkers and countries are going deeper and deeper in uh, debt. Uh, many people are getting frustrated and depressed and angry. But before you throw your hands in the air and say that there is nothing you can do, I urge you to listen because um, you can be happier than 80% population by applying a few simple steps in your life. And I've been learning about uh, what to do and how to deal with the situation. You know, the news um, of high numbers of uh, COVID cases, uh, the discussions and conversations about vaccines and their positive and negative uh, properties and traits are puzzling and disturbing. And in the light of what's going on, it's very difficult for us to keep positive mind. 
There is a high possibility that many of us are already immune uh, to COVID-19 and it would be nice to know if I could make some decisions or suggestions to our governments, uh, I would test everyone to see if uh, we are immune and those immune people alongside with those who choose to be vaccinated or immunized would be able to go on with life as usual. The rest could decide for themselves what degree of risk they would want to carry within the boundaries of not putting other people at risk because ultimately we still should maintain the freedoms of choosing. Now, in dogs, testing antibody levels is a very common practice. Such tests can be done in puppies to implement a safer vaccination protocol that I mentioned on my blog. If you are interested in... Uh, more information of how to vaccinate dogs safely and reduce the amount of vaccines, you can go to peterdebias.com and search for vaccination protocol. Now, the antibody testing has been used for animals um, to import them to Hawaii, New Zealand and Australia, the rabies-free countries, which means that generally tighter testing is a trusted method uh, to show whether there is immunity or not. Now, naturally, we must ask the question, why isn't antibody testing being widely used for COVID-19? My guess is that the government officials do not have enough understanding about what could be done and often create rules that make zero sense. A good example is the decision of the Canadian government to impose hotel quarantine on people who come into the country after they're tested before departure, after they're tested after arrival to Canada, and could very easily be quarantined for five to 10 days based on the incubation period of the virus. However, the government decided that we have to go to hotel prisons for three days for $2,000. And then when the test is negative, we still have to go to quarantine. Hawaii is an, an example of a good approach to COVID-19 where they test everyone who arrives and then release them. And the numbers have been dropping and definitely the number of infections from incoming people is very low, if any. And this is one of the ways of actually introducing rules and regulations that actually make sense as opposed to the ones that do not make sense at all. If let's say half of our population is immune, it would be a big problem for the vaccine companies because that would mean 50% less business. And if you are wondering why I have such a strong opinion, it has been shaped by my experience with dog vaccines and, and the manufacturers. For decades, they recommended unnecessary yearly vaccines until they no longer could cover up the evidence that dogs maintain immunity against the most common diseases up to their or into their senior years. The general situation around uh, COVID-19 continued to be confusing. And I think that the only thing that we can do is to create our own approach to how to keep our mind um, positive, how to make sure that we don't fall into depression and despair. Now, what choices do we have? My approach to this is to go on a news fast. Um, at the beginning of COVID-19, obviously, like everyone else, I listened to news. After that, I realized that it wasn't very healthy for me and I started listening to audiobooks and positive podcasts and started learning new things. And that became very much the mainstay of my you know, last year, 2020. 
Early this year, in 2021, I started listening to news again. I could see that my mood was plummeting and I woke up every morning and I listened to the news and I felt awful. I decided as a result of this experience that I would go on a news fast again and it has been very positive. I think it's really good for us to learn something new, uh, whether it's uh, how to edit photography or how to write or do whatever you love to do. I choose photography and writing because that's something that I can always use at work and I also love. I love experiencing life through the lens of a camera. The other thing that I started doing besides reading books and listening to podcasts and also listening to audiobooks, I've been watching comedy. One of my favorite comedians is Tracy Ullman. Uh, she has had some, she has been around for a very long time, but she's had really good outlook at politics and is really funny. Anyway, as I am recording this podcast, I am thinking of you and your dogs because your dogs are one of the most effective ways to keep you positive. If you're lucky to live with a dog and if you're lucky for your dog to be healthy, I think that the best way is to go out, have fun, go for walks, uh, make sure that you are in nature. And let's be hopeful. I hope that uh, this will too pass and uh, that we'll be back to normal and we'll be able to enjoy each other company and be living as, as our species have evolved, meaning in company of others and um, continue the conversation and being together. Take care and give your dog a hug for me. Bye-bye. Oh, one more thing. If you would like to learn about how to keep your dogs healthy and how to keep yourself healthy, you can visit peterdubais.com and make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter because every week I write a short newsletter with tips and ideas how to keep your dog and yourself healthy. Take care and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.